0: And thank you, Swami Kriyananda, for this beautiful song, Chaitanya, for singing it. I am Naya Swami Maria. Speaking with me here today are Badri and Naya Swami Ananta. And our topic is Drawing on the Spiritual Power of the Guru. In the spirit of this song, and in the spirit of the most exquisite, Uh, Sharing last night from Whispers from Eternity, I wanted to begin with a reading from Whispers. And this is entitled My Guru. Thou light of my life, thou camest to spread wisdom's glow over the path of my soul. Centuries of darkness dissolved before the shafts of thy luminous help. As a naughty baby, I cried for my Mother Divine, and she came to me as my guru, Swami Sri Yukteswar. At that meeting, O my guru, a spark flew from thee, and the faggots of my God-craving gathered through incarnations, smoldered and blazed into bliss. All my questions have been answered with thy flaming golden touch. Eternal, ever present satisfaction has come to me through thy glory. My Guru, thou voice of God, I found thee in response to my soul cries. Slumbers of sorrow are gone, and I am awake in bliss. If all the gods are displeased, yet thou art pleased, I am safe in the fortress of thy pleasure. And if all the gods protect me behind the parapets of their blessings, yet I receive not thy benedictions. I am an orphan, left to pine spiritually in the ruins of thy displeasure. O guru, thou didst bring me out of the bottomless pit of darkness into the paradise of peace. Our souls met after years of waiting. They trembled with an omnipresent thrill We met here because we have met before. Together we will fly to his shores where we will smash our planes of finitude forever and vanish into infinite life. I bow to thee as the spoken voice of silent God. I bow to thee as the divine door which leads to the temple of salvation. I bow to thee, to thy master, Lahiri Mahashay harbinger of yoga in Benares. And I lay the flowers of my devotion at the feet of Babaji, our supreme master. So drawing on the spiritual power of the guru, as we all know, what we are talking about here is the energy and the consciousness of the guru beyond the form, indeed, the infinite of God manifest in the guru. When Swami Kriyananda was a young man in his guru's ashram, Yogananda asked him to join him at 29 Palms and to help with the editing of his commentary on the Bhagavad Gita. One night they were sitting out on the porch, silence pervaded. And then Yogananda turned to the young Swami Kriyananda, Walter, and said to him, What is it that keeps the earth in its orbit, from spinning out into the galaxy. And Walter, as Yogananda called him, he thought this a little odd, a little basic, maybe. Does Yogananda really want a lesson in astronomy? He doesn't know this. But he dove right in, and he said, it's the gravitational pull of the sun that keeps the Earth in its orbit. And then Yogananda said to him, and what keeps the sun from then totally drawing the earth to itself and consuming it? And again, the young Swami Kriyananda dove in and he said, it's the centrifugal force of the earth, spinning as it does with such momentum, if it wasn't for the strength of that gravitational pull, it would go out into orbit. And then there was silence. And Swamiji had the thought, the passing thought, I wonder if there was something deeper here. (laughs) But he let it go. And a few months went by. And this conversation came to mind. And he thought to himself, aha. Yogananda was using the analogy of sun and earth to talk about the relationship of God and the individual soul, the disciple in this case. And that there is that strong, magnetic, omnipresent, loving force trying to draw everything to it. The sun, God, divine mother, the guru. And then there is us desiring that and yet pulling away from. Swami Kriyananda in his autobiography, The New Path, he said in the chapter on attunement, rare, alas, is that disciple who feels no inner resistance, born of ego consciousness, to the full acceptance of his guru. That's quite something because... I look at you all, and it's easy to see your devotion, your dedication. We love God. We yearn for God. And yet, there is this bit of inner resistance within us all. Certainly, I'll say that for myself. And it doesn't even take shape or a form or necessarily a word or something we can pin it down with, but it creeps in. Many years ago when Ananda was just getting started in India, it was, uh, we didn't even know how we would really go about serving the people of India through these teachings. But many were the thoughts. And there was this thought about going out, on the street corners in New Delhi and setting up a table with books and sharing the teaching. And it was about that time that I arrived to help for a few weeks. And I was given the opportunity with one other person living there in India to go out on the street corners of New Delhi. Every day we went out. And this could sometimes take hours. It's I don't know that in good traffic and perfect conditions it takes hours from Gourgaon to New Delhi, but we could get stopped at a checkpoint. We had to exit our cars, sit on the ground for an hour and a half waiting to be allowed through. This was not an uncommon occurrence. We would get there to set up, and no matter what we had done to prepare for that event, the bureaucracy was such that We would land at a place, be set up, and within an hour, uh, a policeman would come and tell us to leave, that we had to move somewhere else. And this could go on for a long time, and it did. And most days, we were home very late at night. Not totally unsuccessful, but indeed, it was an adventure. And on this particular day, the electrolytes weren't working, the hat wasn't working, India's hot, it's dirty, it's noisy. There's people we can't even imagine, the crowds. And I was over the top, and my mantra was, I'm done. (laughs) Divine Mother, get me out of here. (laughs) I'm not proud of it, but there it was. And it was about at that moment that Swamiji called on my friend's phone, and he said, I'd like you to meet us here for dinner. That seemed impossible. I don't know how we did it. We got there just in time. And Swamiji was seated there, and there were people around him, and he motioned me to sit next to him. And just as I came to sit down, he caught my eye. And he said, I hope you will miss us as much as we will miss you. (laughs) whoops, he saw it. There it was. The thing that was most meaningful to me had flown from my consciousness. Master said, when you're looking at the wave, you don't see the ocean. And I was looking at the wave, the tumultuous waves, everything on the material plane, the busyness, the physical, the human frailty, the physical shortcomings, what to speak of the shortcomings of right attitude in the moment. When we're looking at the wave, we can't see the ocean. And it's the ocean we have to claim. It's when we are in the ocean that we can meet the guru on his level of consciousness. Does that sound impossible? Are we naive to think? that we can do that, are we presumptuous to meet the guru on his level of consciousness? And yet, that's what's being asked. That's why that spiritual power, that spiritual magnetism through the guru exists, is so, and it's why we exist, so that we can embrace that. We can become that. We can experience that. We can dissolve in that. And so our focus needs to make a shift all of the time to be in the ocean, to dive deep in the cosmic sea. There's that wonderful chant of Yogananda's, Wink has not touched my eyes ever since I saw thee. Without thee, my breath does not want to flow. Without thee, my breath does not want to flow. And this is the consciousness. When we hold it, we meet the guru. And then the guru can be with us. Then the guru can work through us. Every time Yogananda came to his guru's presence, he knelt at the feet of Sri Yukteswar and he said, inwardly, I thrilled inside. He said, my whole body radiated with a liberating glow every time. And that's really all we need to do, whatever it is outwardly. We need to be present at the feet of the guru, which is to say at the feet of omnipresence. The guru is not just a teacher, not just one disseminating a great and powerful teaching. The guru is the transformer, transforming who and what we are to become we really are within. And in that presence, when we touch that omnipresence, when we feel that liberating glow of God consciousness, Master says all the habits that are in the way, all the desires that are distracting us, all of the psalm scars of incarnations, These are obliterated. These are dissolved. That's the transforming power of the guru. It's the greatest thing we have. It's the only thing we have. When Swami Kriyananda reflected on his life before he came to Yogananda, he said, I thought of God all the time. I thought of God all the time. But I never called him. I never called him. There's a story in India of a woman who every day went to the ashram to take them fresh milk. And on this particular day, she had to cross a river. It was in flood. And she couldn't get across and had to wait And by the time the waters receded, hours had passed. And when she got to the ashram, the teacher, those with him, they said, where were you? What happened? She said, the river was in flood. I couldn't get here any sooner. And the teacher paused for a moment. Ha. He said, every day you come here to the ashram, you bring us milk, you You even sit and listen to these teachings. By these teachings, people's lives are redirected. For some, their entire destiny is altered. And you can't cross the river. (laughs) And being the great soul that she was, she said, Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for reminding me of what is mine, and to ask for help. And she returned home, and the next day the same situation prevailed. But this time she closed her eyes, thought of the guru, and called upon him for his help. And she was led across the river. She walked across the river in full flood, unscathed, And she got there, and they were surprised, to say the least. (laughs) How did you do this? How did you cross? We see that the river is in flood. We didn't expect you. She said, I did what you told me to do. I called upon the guru, and he led me across. And they were amazed. She had just walked across, unscathed. And we can call this a cute story or a fantastic story, perhaps something that doesn't really relate (laughs) to our world. But yes, it does, totally. Because every day we're trying to cross that tumultuous river. Every day we're trying to behold that calm and see the ocean deep. My friend said to me the other day, the masters are here. They love to be called upon. They love to be called upon. Let us call upon him now. And it is so practical how this plays out in the big things, in the little things. One of the first books Swami Kriyananda wrote was called Your Sun Sign as a Spiritual Guide. And he felt compelled to write it because... There was so much confusion out there about astrology and misleading information. And he was always trying to give himself to the guru as an instrument of that divine clarity, if and when God would flow through him in that way. And he started on that project, and he said he was overwhelmed. He felt way, way out of bounds in terms of what he knew and what he understood about astrology, what to speak of, how to articulate it and make it clear and make it simple and make it real. And he said, I prayed to Master at the spiritual eye and I asked him desperately to help me. I felt I was in over my head. And he said, every step of the way And writing that book, because it would keep coming up, I can't do this. This is more than I'm capable of doing. And every step of the way, he would keep praying to Master. And he wrote that book, and he said there were thoughts that he wasn't even they weren't, he wasn't aware of them in his consciousness. They weren't in the realm of his or even conscious experience. And yet they came out on paper. And he said years later, that work, many particular parts of it, was validated in the writings of others who referenced ancient text in india way over his head but not over the head the consciousness the spirit of the guru and so each one of us as a disciple as a seeker of truth because you know if we don't have if we're not a disciple we don't have a guru to seek truth means We're trying to expand. We're trying to relate and be in something bigger. And every step of the way in this process to liberation is trying to open to something bigger. And that's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to draw on the power of the guru. It's our responsibility to not say, I'm done. I've had enough. This is bigger than I am. I have no frame of reference for this. It's our responsibility to simply say, Master, do this. Do this through me. I am your hands, your feet. I'm your heart. I'm your voice. The masters need instruments on this plane. They need us to do battle for the light for them. And it's our opportunity, it's our blessing, it's our responsibility, and it's grace to take up that opportunity, to take up that divine project for the Guru.